the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. You're listening to the Pastor Scott Show podcast. Have any questions or comments? Email Pastor Scott now at PastorScott at KKLA.com or tune in live weekdays from 3 to 5 p.m. And now, here's Pastor Scott. Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the Pastor Scott Show. Great to be with you today as we are each and every day from 3 to 5 where we talk about issues of the day from a Christian perspective. Have you thought about going to Israel and maybe canceled that trip because of what's going on over there? I know a lot of people have, but with me in the studio is Pastor Steve Wilburn, who did not cancel his trip, who just got back from Israel, and he's got some great perspective to share with us. Pastor Steve Wilburn is the pastor of Core Church Los Angeles, and he's also the host of Core Truth Radio, which can be heard weekdays at 5.30 p.m. right here on KKLA and on your favorite radio app. Pastor Steve, welcome back to the Pastor Scott Show. Pastor Scott, always good to see you. And Thank you so much for having me. And welcome home. Welcome home from your trip. When did you get back? I just got back two days ago. All right, you know? two days ago from Israel. That's got to be, it's got to be quite a time to be there. You've been there before. Yes, that was my sixth trip. Yeah. But it's my first trip on not being on a tour. Okay. So this was this was not touring with a group of Christians, you know, through the biblical sites. Although I did get to see some awesome biblical sites that almost no one else has seen yet. So that was a cool part of the trip, but my main reason for going was to stand with the people of Israel. So how did this trip come about? You ended up it's not a tour. Uh, you you went over there. You didn't just buy a ticket one day and go. You had you had people to go with, people you know. Yes. Well, uh, the Council General of Israel, I became really good friends with. You know, again, uh, Core Church Los Angeles is on the west side of Los Angeles. And maybe not everyone knows this, but the largest concentration of Jews outside of Israel is in New York. And that's on, that's on planet Earth. And the second largest concentration of Jewish people outside of Israel on planet Earth is the west side of Los Angeles. And my church is surrounded by about 25 synagogues, you know, going up La Cienega. I'm on La Cienega, going up La Cienega, up to Pico, across Pico, down Robertson. So, and there's this like this horseshoe of just literally dozens of synagogues, and I'm right in the midst of it. And so, uh, even on my church building, you know, because we are very, pro-Israel because, again, God said, you know, those who bless my people will be blessed. Those who curse them will be cursed. And so we have on the front of our building, in Hebrew, we have uh, Psalm 122.6, which is pray for the peace of Jerusalem. And then I have a thought-provoking verse that's in Hebrew, and that's uh, Proverbs verse 30, or chapter 30, verse 4. And I'll share that in a little bit. But, uh, but yeah, so uh, the Council General 
uh, Hillel Newman, uh, who I became very good friends with. In fact, I interviewed him uh, right before you came on and took over this great program, and you're doing a fantastic job with it, you know, to say the least. Well, thank you. And, uh, but right before you came on, uh, uh, I was running a week at one point, and I uh, interviewed him. But anyway, he's gone back to Israel. He's going to be the chief of staff for the director of foreign affairs. And so he's got like a promotion, and he's back in Israel now. Well, he invited us over, me and a really good friend of mine who knows him also as well as I do, Pastor Greg Denham. And he has a church down in San Diego in Poway. And so, uh, you know, he had called me and said, hey, he wants us to come over. So he was working on like a group of 16 to go as a delegation of evangelical pastors to really stand for Israel. I'm like, hey, I'm in, you know, include me in on that group. Well, just really praying about it. I'm thinking, Lord, I really want this to be intimate. I want this to be something that we're able to really minister to the people. Uh, and so, you know, you start getting a bigger group and you start losing the intimacy and what have you. Now you're moving a group of men around and what have you. Mm. Well, all of a sudden that group of 16 went to a group of eight and then it went to a group of none. <laughs> <And> so, <laughs> so he kind of called the trip off. And then I just, one day I was driving in about a week before Christmas and I just said, Hey, you know what? Why don't we just go? Why don't we just you and me go? And, and, we did. So it was me and Greg and then one other guy, uh, Pastor Kenny, from another church down there in Poway. And, uh, and we just decided we bought our tickets and we just we're going to go. Uh, but because of the Council General of Israel, he opened the doors up for us. And so when we got there, we were able to immediately, I mean, the very next morning, we got uh, in a car. We went down to the, uh, the kibbutz that was attacked mm-hmm. by Hamas on October 7th. And we got to firsthand see uh, what happened there. And I, I have to tell you, Pastor Scott, it was, it was devastating. It was like you, you're seeing things that you can no longer unsee. That's right. Because we were able, because of the connections that were around there, because not Anyone can just go to the kibbutz. You can't just like, oh, well, let me just go there. No, right. no, no, no. This was, this was uh, you know, through the foreign affairs and was able to get the inside scoop. And then, then there was a couple other people down there that walked uh, that viewing with us. But then we were showed pictures of what happened. We were showed pictures of things that, you again, you can't unsee these things. We were actually showed a film at the Foreign Affairs Building uh, of just the things and the atrocities. And Is that some of the film that uh, so many reporters are being shown yes. that they're showing around uh, the world? Yeah. Yeah, because you're seeing anti-Semitism. You're seeing this pro-Palestinian rallies. You're seeing this thing like... There's some who try to erase it, say it didn't happen or right. it's exaggerated or lies. Yeah. yeah, send those people to me because I watched it. I, I saw it happen. It, I, it just, again, you know, you... Yeah, I don't want to get too graphic here. There's some yeah. things, yeah, I can't say. But when you see a, a pile of infants that were not even toddlers uh, that were burned alive, when you, you see women that were ravaged, you 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 see, you see it. It's like yeah. you, you can't unsee these things. Uh, the beheading of babies. This is why there has been a world support. Now, not everyone in the world, but this is why in general. So a lot of these people that are saying like this didn't happen or, you know, this Israel is hitting back way too hard or whatever. It's like, excuse me, they didn't start this. And, uh, you know, 
let me jump forward here. Let yeah. me. Okay, so we went to the Goodman's. We saw all of that. Okay, and uh, and I showed you a video a moment ago, and you know, there's bombs going off behind us. So it's like the battle is raging. Gaza Strip is just, you know, I mean, like a mile away. I mean, yeah. and, and it's like bombs are going off behind us while we were viewing all of this. We left that kibbutz. We went to the festival site where the big concert was. And, you know, there's all these stakes in the ground where the bodies were found and just all these young people. And it was just devastating. And, you know, in the midst of all of this, we're running into soldiers that are going back and forth into the battle. And a lot of these soldiers are just young. I mean, I'm getting older now, so I'm I'm like the dad to everyone. I've got grandkids as old as these guys, you know. And, you know, and, and I'm just sitting there thinking like, oh, my goodness. And everyone there was so happy to see us. I mean, like, like you're supporting us? Like, you, you came from America and you came down here to support us? It's like, yes. And everywhere we went, we prayed for people. Like, hey, do you mind if we pray for you? Yes, please. And I mean, we are praying God's blessing on these people. I mean, it's like, I have never seen an openness with Jewish people to have Gentiles, you know, Christians pray for them. They were so happy to see us because they see the anti-Semitism, which is ridiculous, that's happening in the world today. And for us to be there to pray for them, it was a great privilege. And uh, there was a gal, a mom, she was a lieutenant in the military, but she's got three children and all three sons are fighting in Gaza. Mm-hmm. And And she's just, as a mom, I mean, just... She's a mom, yeah, and she's just sitting there, and the Lord just directed us to her, and and she's just her heart was just frazzled, and you know I I hope my babies are okay, and so we're talking with her, and I said, you know, in America about fifty years ago, the government went to a company that had a big old long name. Uh, it's known now as AT&T. And they asked them and said, we need some kind of emergency system that can be used across the United States. And so it took them about a year to come up with it, but they came up with this uh, system called 911, which we still use today. And I said, I go, this 911 that was created in the United States 50 years ago to bring emergency, fire, police, you know, whatever the case is. I said, but, but God created his own 911 system all the way back 3,000 years ago. And she says, yes. And I said, yeah, it's Psalm 91 verse 1, you know, that we can dwell in the shelter of the Most High and we can take refuge in Him. And it, it was like pouring just just a warm comforting blanket over her and just comforting her with the mm. Word of God. And I said, can we pray for you? And she's like, yes, please. And, and it's just everywhere we went, it was that kind of attitude. Well, when we left the, uh, the festival area, we drove immediately back to Jerusalem and, you know, kind of the, the head of state there. I mean, obviously you have Netanyahu is the right. prime minister. Then you have the president. Well, the next guy in the pecking order in all of the Israeli government is, uh, uh, you know, speaker of the house. Yeah. Uh, and his name is Ohana. And so we had a private meeting with him, just us. So he had his four, you know, main guys around him and what have you. And we sat down with him and it, it was such an intimate meeting with him. And we're talking with him. We're encouraging him. He was so thankful that we care about the nation of Israel. And so we're just talking and it was so like me sitting here talking with you, Pastor. It was like very intimate, very personal. And I said to him, 
uh, you're going to win this war. And, and I want to tell you why we're here. And the night before, I couldn't sleep, you know, jet lag and everything mm-hmm. else. So I'm up at 3 o'clock in the morning, and the Lord directs me to Psalm chapter 2, and I'm reading it. So it's heavy on my heart. So I look at him, and I, I open my Bible. I'm sitting right, right in front of this, this man, the third most powerful guy in Israel. I open my Bible to Psalm 2, and it says in verse 1, Why are the nations in an uproar, and the people devising a vain thing? The kings of the earth take their stand, and rulers take their counsel together against the Lord, and against his anointed, saying, Let us tear their feathers apart, and let us cast their cords from us. And I said, That's what the enemy has done. They are coming against God's anointed people. But then God says in verse 4, He who sits in the heavens, he laughs. The Lord scoffs at them. Then he will speak to them in his anger and terrify them in his fury, saying, But as for me, I have installed my king upon Zion, my holy mountain. I said, I said, Mr. Speaker. And you shared that with uh, yes, the Speaker. I'm, I'm sharing it with him, just like I'm reading it to you. And, and then I was... I was explaining what it means to him. And I was saying, you're going to win this battle, not because you have a stronger military force, but because God is with you. Because he is going to take these enemies of Israel that have come against his anointed, and God is going to give you the wisdom and the victory. And I said, now let me tell you why I am here. He goes on to say, I will surely tell of the decree of the Lord. And he said to me, you are my son. Today I've begotten you. Who's he talking about here? This is who we as believers believe is Yeshua. It's Jesus. He's the Messiah. And he goes on to say in verse 12, do homage to the son. We shall worship him that he not become angry and you perish in his way for his wrath may soon be kindled. How blessed are those who take refuge in him. I said, speaker, we have taken refuge in the son. We have taken refuge in Yeshua. And that's why we stand with you here today. And he's like, Thank you so much for sharing that with me. And I just and he points to his heart and he says, that means so much to me. Hmm. And we spent a whole hour in his office. I mean, it was like there was no rush to get out of there. And then uh, Pastor Greg Denman goes, man, can we pray for you? And he said, yes. And we prayed and asked God's, you know, wisdom and direction for him, for his country. It was such a blessing, you know, to have that. This is the Pastor Scott Show, and my guest is Pastor Steve Wilburn, and he just came back from Israel, had this opportunity, as you're hearing, to really have a a different experience than you might if you go on a tour. One of them is you get to sit with the Speaker of the House in Israel. You know, a lot of people misunderstand Israel as a nation from a uh, geopolitical standpoint and don't realize it is a secular country. Very secular. It is not a a theocracy at all. And so this person who's number three in the government may not even be a religious Jewish person. Oh, not and at not all. not necessarily even Jewish, actually. 20%, I think, of the Knesset is not Jewish. Uh, Arab, yeah. actually. Yeah. So what did you have a sense that he had any, any faith? Was he practicing uh, his Judaism, or was he a secular Jew? I think he, you know, again... Only the Lord knows. Yeah. I think he was a secular Jew. But, you know, the the problem is in Israel, you have this orthodox, uh, you know, that is just so anti-Christ, uh, so anti-Yeshua, uh, you know, Hebrew name for Jesus, you know, so anti that that they don't have an ear to listen. And so when you have just a regular Jew that's there, that's not, you know, 
steeped yeah. in the orthodoxy, they have a much more open heart than than you could ever imagine. But what I found this time is even in the midst of all of this, okay, so like that night, so we leave, and that night we go, you know, to the old Stonewall city of Jerusalem. We go over to the Wailing Wall, and, you know, we go down to the Wailing Wall, and we are just looking at it, and it's, of course, uh, that's the most holy place because the Temple Mount has been given over to the Arabs because the Dome of the Rock is there, and uh, and so, uh, you know, they, that's where all the Jews pray. So there was a whole group of rabbis uh, down there, young rabbis, I'd say, in the age group between maybe 24 and 28, like seven of them. So I walked over there by myself and I said, Hey guys, how you doing? You know? And they're like, Hey, where are you from? You know, I said, I'm from Los Angeles. And they all said, well, we're from New York. So, you know, these were all, you know, dual Mm -hmm. citizenship, you know, guys, and, and they have a three year program basically being a rabbi and you have to go through and they were all at different stages some were there for six months one was getting ready to go back to new york you had been there for three years and i started sharing with them and it was amazing if you get to the older rabbis boy they won't give you the time of day they won't even look at you but uh the younger rabbis you know they had never seen anyone with you know just the knowledge of the scripture because you know we started talking and then i you know of course when i'm talking to jews i usually just stay in the old testament yeah and you know i'm so i'm talking to them and they're like going well you know it's like you know we're here to you know have this deeper relationship i go well david had that relationship do you see the intimacy that david had but why do you think he had that it's because in first samuel 16 when samuel went to jesse's house you know and he he went there to anoint the next king of Israel. And they're like, looking at me like, well, you know that story? I'm like, absolutely. And I can remember when he looked at Eliab and he says, God does not look at the outward appearance as man looks, but he looks on the inside. He looks on the heart, not as man looks. And so he went through all of his brothers, all seven brothers, but it wasn't until David. And when David came in, remember, he took the oil and he anointed him. But what was different about it was he said he was filled with the Holy Spirit. And you notice how David, he never had those kind of orthodox, you know, kind of stale relationship with God. He was always on fire. And and you see that through the Psalms, you know, hear my prayer, O God, listen to my, you know, give ear to my voice, you know, and he was always, you know, talking with the Lord in that such a, an intimate setting. And I said, that's what God wants to do with you guys. And, and I mean, that just opened up the whole can of worms and we're talking and well, by the time it ended, uh, I, I said, can I pray for you guys? And they said, uh, well, sure, you know, and I, and I prayed, I said, oh Lord, you know, allow your Holy Spirit to allow their ears to hear, their eyes to see, their minds to understand, their hearts to grasp the relationship that you want with them, that, that you would be their father. Yeah, that they would be your children. And I mean, I just went on with this prayer, you know, and, and everything. And they got done. And the one guy was like dumbfounded. He's just like, how does this Gentile, how does he have this, like this relationship with God? They were, they were like really in shock. I mean, it was pretty quite, you know, crazy. You know, uh, Steve, I wish you had a little bit more courage in sharing your faith, you know, when you, <laughs> <laughs> you know, I think it's a, it's an amazing time. For so many reasons. They, yeah. we, we talk a lot on our show when this has come up, and you've probably had these conversations about how people need to pay attention to the fact that the world is paying attention to Israel. There's yeah. a lot of other conflicts. There were terrible right. things went on to 
Christians were murdered in Nigeria over Christmas, you know, exactly. hundreds of them, and people were displayed. It was terrible. And you hear this much of it. You nothing. hear nothing almost. Yeah. You, and uh, the stuff that Armenians have been going through this past year, especially terrible violence, very similar things going on from yeah. uh, Azerbaijan. And you hardly hear any of it. And it isn't because it's less important to humanity, but there is a plan of God that is focused on Israel. That's and right. the people of Israel, and from you know from our perspective, maybe a uh, evangelical Christian Protestant, uh, maybe Catholic perspective, you know, we we sort of have an idea. When we come back, I want to talk about that and a little bit more too about how an Israeli might be sensing why does the world care so much about this? Why is there so much there and the opportunity for sharing Christ? And we'll hear more about your story uh, when we come back here in just a second. This is the Pastor Scott Show. My guest is Pastor Steve Wilburn. You, he is the senior pastor of Core Church Los Angeles on the west side of LA, and you can hear him every day right here on KKLA or your favorite radio app at KKLA 99.5 at 5.30 p.m. So check out his show. We'll come back. We'll hear more about his Israel trip. You can follow me on social media. The The handle is at Pastor Scott Show. Give us a follow at Pastor Scott Show. You're on socials. What's your social media? Uh, yeah, it's just, yeah, yeah, check out CourtChurchLA.com. CourtChurchLA.com. You'll find it. Everything's right. there. We'll be yeah. right back. Stay tuned. You're listening to the Pastor Scott Show podcast. Have any questions or comments? Email Pastor Scott now at PastorScott at KKLA.com. Or tune in live weekdays from 3 to 5 p.m. Now, back to the show. Welcome back, everybody. Pastor Scott Show. Good to be with you today. And as we are each and every day from 3 to 5, my guest is Pastor Steve Wilburn, the pastor of Core Church Los Angeles, who just came home from an amazing trip to Israel. Not one of your usual tours. He got to go over there with just two other people and had some amazing experiences. Before the break, Steve, you were talking about sharing the gospel from the Old Testament to yes. to rabbis who are over yes. there from America. Okay. Yes. And, you know, you've been talking about how receptive people have been to being prayed for, to hearing the gospel. question I have is, from our perspective in America or from a Christian evangelical standpoint, we see stuff going on in Israel and we say... This is God's time clock, right? So oh, you know, absolutely. there's some people who think Jesus will come back next week. You know, most of us think, well, it's very significant for moving those pieces around, right? But yes. we know it's it matters, and you go through the scriptures, and you're looking at Ezekiel, you're looking at Zechariah, you're looking at Revelation, and you're going, yep, it's it's headed that way. Yes. All of that. And we have a a special interest in Israel, I think, from a prophetic standpoint. How do people in Israel, your typical Israeli, view that? Do they think it's odd somehow that the whole world cares about this? You know, do they see an apocalyptic, you know, background, a spiritual background to what's happening? How would you say it people doesn't, respond who are there? Yeah, it doesn't appear to me that there is. Okay, so you have a—okay, so one of the nights we met with the Voice of Israel, uh, Erez, uh, he's very popular— and, uh, you know, he's, uh, you know, a Messianic Jew. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, he says, guess what my biggest problem is in ministering to uh, the Orthodox, the Jews? And I said, the Talmud. <sighs> and he said, and, and he goes, yes. I go, yeah, because that's yeah. what I run into on the west side of L.A. And why is that? Okay. And, and it's like, here you are, you're because... They don't study the word. Right. Okay, so, the, so explain what the Talmud is for everybody. Well, it's 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 basically a collection of uh, you know thoughts, 
ideologies of rabbis over, you know. It's like commentaries. Yeah, it's like commentaries. So you're trying to debate. You're trying to debate the Word of God with people that are not reading the Word of God, but they're reading the commentary. Yeah. And I think about, you know, how how prophetic it was where, you know, Solomon said in, in uh, Proverbs 30, verse 5, he says, Do not add to my words, lest I reprove you and you be proved a liar. See, you know, it's like, because I, I would be talking to people in my own neighborhood. I would used to walk my dog. I, I lived in Beverly Wood, you know, which is, you know, you know, over half the people there are Jewish, you know, and, and I'd be talking to people. They'd be on their porch. They'd be reading the Talmud. And it's like, you know, and I, I would bring up, like, what do you think about this? Or what do you think about Deuteronomy 4, 6? What do you think about 6, 4? What do you think about, you know? And, and it's like, uh, and, and they would just, they would not even know. Like, what does that even mean? And they would start talking about some ideology of some rabbi from, you know, 200 years ago or whatever, you know, and you're just like going, well, who the heck is that? And who cares what he has to say? What does God's word have to say? It would be like me taking a, a Christian commentary and trying to debate, you know, Christian commentary instead of God's word. Well, we do that sometimes yeah, in Christianity, well, right? Sometimes we get off track because we plant our flag and our favorite author's Exactly. Well, so and so said, yeah. and so and so said. It's like no, we have to. We, you have to string together verses. The thing that I've learned about in the scripture is, if it's a truth that God is promoting, it, then He will mention it two or three times. You, like if you can't back up uh, a foundational thought with two or three places in scripture, then maybe that's not a doctrinal subject that you need to be you know, debating about. And so you can always back it up. You know, you can say, well, it says here and the Bible says here and the Bible says here. And then, and, and that way you can, you can build a case that this is, this is a truth that God has established because he says it here. He says it in the Torah. He says it in the prophets. And then Jesus backs it up in the New Testament. So it's like, okay, well, you're safe with that, you know, because it's backed up in several places, you know. And so anyway, uh, so you're, you're dealing with these ideologies and everything. So now moving that aside with the Orthodox, Orthodox, the just the general uh, Jewish person, if they're not you know into the word, they're not into the word, so they don't know. They're just secular people, and so I find that their culture is very much like us in America here. There's, they have a very liberal wing. Uh, they have a very liberal stance on many things. Uh, you know, things like homosexuality are huge in Israel. Just a lot like of the same huge. cultural arguments and debate is same, happening left same, and right. Same over there. thing. There's abortion uh, that issues there. Uh, gun rights. In fact, that was one of the issues I was telling you in between the station break. Uh, the liberal wing has taken away a lot of the gun rights and everything. Uh, well, that all changed here because that was one of the problems. Uh, all the guns were stored at uh, in kibbutzes in a central location. And you couldn't keep it, them in your house. You couldn't you know, keep the them in your house. Is like a, it's a big walled-off neighborhood. Yeah. There's a history to it that's important for the history of Israel. That's but, right. But everybody lives in this community, but you had to put your guns in some yeah. central location. You yeah. couldn't keep it in your house. Right. And then a lot of the Palestinians worked in these kibbutzes, you know, they had jobs, you know, yeah. whether cleaning houses, painting, construction, all of that. And they knew where these places were. So when the Hamas came in, they went directly to where the guns were stored and they killed everyone trying to get there. So there wasn't a big, you know, resistance because there there couldn't be. But since this has happened, uh, those uh, those bands have been stripped away and now people are armed uh the way that they you know, should people be. forget the reason why you know some That's of right. that stuff there's terrible things with guns that people do and i understand the, the feelings yeah. of that but there's a reason That's for right. you know especially in that uh, kind of situation you know when we we talk about that i think and this is, i think something for christians to understand how do you 
as a pastor even with your church and in ministering to people who are Jewish in your community, how do you split the difference? Right? That's not the right term, but how do you divide between supporting Israel politically, but supporting them or supporting them as a believer as we're instructed to support Israel? When you say you're, you're pro-Israel, uh, you are behind Israel, we want to pray for Jerusalem. What does that mean as a Christian? How is it different yeah. than getting into Israeli politics? Well, uh, you have to go all the way back uh, to Abraham, you know, and uh, the Jewish people, uh, they were created by God. I mean, they, they it wasn't like this group of people that God went and said, hey, let me have this group of people. No, God, you know, called Abraham out of the Chaldeans, and, and he basically just created uh, this relationship. It, you know, he was married to this woman named Sarai and, you know, renamed Sarah. And, you know, he says, I'm going to create a nation out of you and a promise out of you. And and when he at the very inception of that, he says, you know, those who bless you all, I will bless and those who curse you, I will curse. And so God went on to say things like you're my chosen people. He says, you know, you're the apple of my eye. And so for, you know, and God, God has if you, anyone reads the Old Testament, it's an up and down relationship. It's like a love hate relationship because these people have rebelled, you know, from instant one. I mean, and it's like, so, you know, it was said best by we were being interviewed by a newspaper over there and the guy was talking about his wife and his children and the children were saying, you know, we love Israel. You know, the kids were saying and and, you know, we love Jerusalem. And she said, don't fall in love with Jerusalem fall in love with the God of Jerusalem. And and it's like, uh, look, the Jewish people, look, no one's perfect. Are, are you perfect? I mean, it's yeah. like, I'm not perfect. No one's perfect. So, yeah, there's been many flaws and mistakes with this people. But love the God of Israel. And the God of Israel has said, look, these are my chosen people. Look, flaws and all. But aren't we flawed? I mean, it's like, I can't, I would not be Pastor Steve of Court Church Los Angeles if it wasn't for the fact that by the grace of God, he allowed me to come into a relationship with him. He called me, and for some reason I said yes. It's the best decision of my life, but I did. And I said yes, and I embraced him. And, you know, one of the things it says in uh, Romans 11, that God is using what's happening in the Gentile world to spark a jealousy in the Jews. And when the fullness of the Gentiles come in, he's going to open the eyes of Israel and all of Israel will be saved. Look, one thing that you can't deny is that these are God's chosen people. Look, are they in rebellion right now? Uh, yes. Okay. In general, absolutely. They've, they have not embraced as a whole, uh, Jesus, Yeshua as the Messiah. But as we were there, the openness about Yeshua, Jesus, was unbelievable. I mean, we were telling people like, do you know that Yeshua is Jewish? And and people would say, I didn't know that. Hmm. See, Yeshua came for the Jew first and then the Gentile. I was telling the rabbis that night, I said, do you realize that the reason that I'm standing here is because Yeshua and all of his followers were were all Jews. And I stand here 2,000 years later as a Gentile believer because of the faithfulness of the early Jewish people in spreading the word of Yeshua, you know? That is, uh, you know, it's interesting even in watching, you know, and paying attention to the anti-Semitism around the world and then a lot of the views that have come out that uh, are shocking to me. 
and how many people even in our country don't realize Jesus was Jewish. Yeah, it's crazy. Right? It's a, it's an incredible thing. And how part of the agenda from the, the leftists on all of this is to erase uh, Judea from the map and erase yeah. the history to the extent that suddenly Jesus isn't Jewish at all. He's Palestinian, and that was the yeah. same issue going on. And it, there's no history behind that. There's no, it's no. No, nothing true about no, that. No, he's in the bloodline that comes all the way down from Salmon to, uh, you know, uh, help me That's out right. here, Salmon. Obed, no, Salmon, Boaz, Obed, Jesse, David, Solomon, you know, all the way down. All the way down. I mean, yeah. And, uh, but that says that we have a lot of work to do, even on our half, to, right. to really teach who Jesus is. No, absolutely. And, and uh, there's you know, some prophecies about, you know, David being the shepherd, you know, for eternity and everything, like in, uh, I think it's Ezekiel 37, uh, verse 23, and, and uh, uh, chapter 37, verse 24. But he's not going to be there forever because it says in Second Samuel uh, chapter 12, uh, or, or chapter 7, verse uh, 12, it says that David is not going to live forever, but it's going to be his descendant. That's and that's right. through the bloodline all the way down to Jesus. That's right. We got we to gotta know our Bibles. You got time to stay for one more segment? Yes. yes. All right. We'll have Pastor Steve Wilburn with us again. He's the pastor of Core Church Los Angeles, and he'll be back with us as we come back. Uh, from the break, you can follow us on social media at Pastor Scott Show, and you get the podcast of our show. Just look for the Pastor Scott Show wherever you get your podcasts, and uh, click subscribe, follow, share it with your friends. We'll be back with Pastor Steve Wilburn as the Pastor Scott Show continues. Stay tuned. You're listening to the Pastor Scott Show podcast. Have any questions or comments? Email Pastor Scott now at pastorscott at kkla.com. Or tune in live weekdays from 3 to 5 p.m. Now, back to the show. Welcome back, everybody. Pastor Scott Show. Great to have you with us. We're here with Pastor Steve Wilburn, who just came back from Israel in an amazing tour. You had an amazing tour because you got to go yeah. there. You had things opened up to you because it wasn't a tour group. You went there because you... you who the, the man that you know opened it up for you. That's right. You got to see biblical artifacts that are brand new that people just dug yep. up. Like it's brand new, so it's not even on tours yet. No, it's not on tours yet. Yeah, the uh, general public can't go. And because God gave us favor with the Speaker of the House and with the Director of uh, Foreign Affairs, uh, you know, they really did roll out the red carpet for us. But, it, you know, it was based on the fact that, like, you know, when someone's hurting, Someone's mm-hmm. in pain. Now, like, now, you know this, Pastor Scott, yeah. because you've been there, done this, okay? Uh, like, we have a, a rule at our church, you know, when someone from our church calls and says, hey, uh, you know, my wife just went in the hospital, my dad just went in the hospital, my uncle, whatever, you know, we show up. And they'll tell us, like, oh, you don't have to come. It's like, oh, no, we're coming. Right. Like, we show up. Like, when you're in pain, we show up. And, uh, and so they realize, like, the whole reason we were there, I mean, like— when you go to Tel Aviv and you fly into the airport there, okay, every time I've gone, I've been taking groups, and I mean, it is a madhouse. I mean, it is like New York City, Grand Central Station. I mean, it's just like a endless people. We walk in there. We walk right through. I mean, like we're through customs in like you know three minutes, you know. I mean, there's just no one there. And so they're like, why did you come? It was every waitress. It was like the, the guy at the hotel, at the, you know, at the desk, you know, like, why are you here? Because we came to stand with Israel. And I mean, it was just unbelievable how people were like, I, I can't believe, because they see the worldwide anti-Semitism and they're like, you mean you, you flew here on your own dime just so you could pray for us and that you could be here for us? Uh, at the Foreign Affairs, uh, the, the director's assistant, uh, her name was Tanya. Mm-hmm. 
and uh, we are getting ready to see the, the the film that nobody gets to see. You know, right. just the the horrific things that happened. And she goes, "I'm sorry, I I I can't watch this." You know, and and I said, "Hey, Tanya, you know, uh, before you step out of the room, can we pray for you?" It, it, I mean, she was dumbfounded. She was just like, "Yes, please." Please. And, and I mean, of course, we ministered to her first, you know, and just yeah. shared verses with her and comfort and refuge and, you know, the shelter you can find in the Lord. And then, and then we prayed for her. I mean, it was like soothing oil being poured on her, you know, and, and every single person that we went to, it was that same attitude. Would you say that that's the way that people listening can minister now to say their Jewish friend? You know, because you yeah. might have people listening, uh, maybe you're Jewish and you're listening and you're, you're, Wondering where do I where do I go? Hopefully you're connected yeah. somewhere, but uh, you're, yeah. most people listening probably aren't. How do we witness and sh- and share the love? Be there for the pain of people, both Jewish people, but even people who might be Palestinian or might be yeah. you know on the other side of the argument and whatever yeah. you think of what they think. How do you minister to people who are saying there's so much bloodshed, there's so much fear, there's so much pain? How, what would you say? Well, God is you know beyond all of that. I mean, you know, He is. Uh, you know, look, God said in John three sixteen. you know, I, I, I have it here on, uh, you know, I wear it on my wrist here, you know, yeah. John three sixteen. for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. That's right. That whosoever would believe in him would not perish, but have everlasting life. Uh, you know, if you remember the biggest revival that's ever happened on the face of the planet happened in Nineveh. Nineveh was descendants of the Assyrians, the most wicked enemy that Israel ever had. That's why Jonah didn't want to go there. He boarded a ship and he went the opposite direction because he hated those people. He wanted God to judge them. But yet God had mercy on them because they were willing to repent of their sin. And so, you know, God came for everyone. And again, the original call of the Jewish person was to be the bearers of light for all the nations of the world. And so it's like, look, uh, I, there's a lot of people in that Palestinian area of Gaza that were doing wicked things here. It was not just the fighters. Uh, there was a third wave of people that came in and they pillaged the the kibbutzes. They, they, they stole items off the dead bodies. I mean, it was just regular civilians. So, yeah, there's people that are evil everywhere because this is this is wickedness at another level. But there's other Palestinians that they just want to live. Yeah. You know, they, they don't want to kill anybody. They don't want to hurt anybody. So, look, God is has an eye open and arms open for everyone who's willing to come to him. So we have to separate. We can't like, you know, we're not just justifying everything that Israel has ever done. And, you know, we turn our uh, look a different way. But, but look, they're walking in rebellion to God right now, but he's doing a work in them. And they're going to come around, and he says in, uh, you know, Romans chapter 11 that there will be a repentance and that all of Israel will come to know the Lord. Okay, so there is going to be a revival that happens in Israel. It hasn't happened yet, but I have never seen the openness more than what I've seen now. Now, speaking to the Jews that are here, that you might have friends and everything, let them know that you're praying for them. It says in Psalm 122.6, it says, pray for the peace of Jerusalem. Okay, it doesn't mean that everything that Jerusalem does is right. No, but God's saying pray for that peace. Because let me tell you, when you see Jerusalem repent and they get right with God, there's going to be world peace. World Mm. peace will happen. 
That will be, that's the final thing that happens. Because Jesus Christ will come back. He will plant his foot on the Mount of Olives. And we will be with him. And that will happen at the end of the apocalypse. He's going to make a new heaven and a new earth. And we're going to rule and reign with Christ from Jerusalem. Look, there's only one city on planet earth that's named the city of God. And it's Jerusalem. And that's where Jesus is going to set up his kingdom. And that's why there's so much attention paid to this. That's why this is important for everybody listening. That's right. It's, it's, you know, I think every war and every every life, every atrocity, that's all that matters, you know, with respect to loving each other and we want to have peace. But as Christians, we know that there is ultimate peace that comes through Christ alone. That That's he's, right. He's the one who will end this. And speaking of Christ alone, okay, so I'm sharing with a Jewish uh, tour guide who's very well-versed, okay? Yeah. This guy's probably 31, 32 years old, very well-versed. We're getting a tour from him. He told us because we were peppering him with questions from the Old Testament, and he was trying to answer the best that he could, and he had some pretty good answers because he was very well-versed. And I got to the end of the tour. And I said, let me read you what it says in Proverbs chapter 30, verse 4. He says, he's asking questions. Now, listen to these questions carefully. He says, number one, he says in verse 4, says, who has ascended into heaven and descended? Who has gone back and forth to heaven? Okay, who can that be? Who has gathered the wind in his fists? Who has wrapped the waters in his own garment? Who has established the ends of the earth? Well, Who is that? He says, what is his name? Well, obviously, it's Yahweh. It's God. It's the creator of the the universe. It's Elohim. Okay? It's God himself. And then he goes on to say, or who is his son's name? And I asked him, I said, who is his son's name? And he looked at me and he goes, Yeshua. And I said, yes. And I said, Yeshua and Yahweh are one. And I think they work independently, but they're one. And he's just like, I mean, you could just see the light bulbs turned on in this guy's life. And it's like, so here in in Psalm 2, it's like the son is talked about to be worshipped. It, well, we're told in the in the the Ten Commandments, you know, the first two verses, you know, we can't, you know, have no other gods. And we, you know, we can't worship any other thing ex- except for, you know. The Son, because the Son and the Father are the same. And so, Yeshua, He has come to this earth. He died for the sin of humanity. Who's that? God came to the earth to die for His own creation. I mean, what a message we have. And it's all through the Old Testament. And this is why we are called in these last days here. We know it's the last days because look what's happened with Israel. I mean, think about it. God said that His people would be regathered again again in Ezekiel 37. And he said that they're going to come back and they're going to become a nation again. He says, when's this going to happen in the context of Ezekiel 37, 38, and 39? In the last days. So think about it. They were destroyed. They were dispersed from their country in 70 AD. They were completely annihilated almost and dispersed everywhere. And then 1878 years later, just as God said in his word, in the last days, they will be regathered again. This has never happened with any nation on planet Earth in the history of all humanity. And on May 14th, 1948, they became a nation again. Israel stands today. It's such an interesting thing that it's never happened. It's never happened. Countries go away and they're done. That's it. That's it. End of country. That's it. Uh, Israel's come back twice. 
That's it. And uh, they're going to come, and it's just an incredible thing. Pastor Steve, thank you for being with us and uh, for sharing. Would you like to pray yes. for uh, Israel and for everything going on here? Yes, let's pray. Father God, we come before you. We're so thankful, God, that your word has really told us all of these things in advance, Lord. And God, we're so thankful that we can trust your word. We know that it's true, Father. I think about Job when he said in Job 26, 7, you know, I have not departed from the command of your lips. I have treasured the words of your mouth more than my necessary food. And I pray, God, that us as believers in Yeshua, Jesus, that, God, we would be bold, that we would stand with your people, and that, God, that you would bring peace, Lord, and that, God, there would be many in Israel that would repent, and they would come to know you as their savior we pray for those in 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 gaza strip the palestinians that they would just they would come to know you as their savior lord so father we lift this whole thing up into your hands and pray that you bring it to an end and that god that you would redeem your people for we ask it in jesus name amen amen pastor steve wilburn thanks for being with me again on the pastor scott show you are the pastor of core church los angeles how do people uh, find you at core church los angeles yes we're at you go to corechurchla.com 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 easy website to find pastor steve thanks for being with us today thank you so much scott all right you can get the podcast of this episode just go to the the uh, your favorite podcast app and look for the pastor scott show click subscribe and you can download it you can send it to your friends and uh just keep it and uh, learn from it and uh, also you can follow us on the social media machines on x instagram and and facebook at pastor scott show all right, everybody, this is the Pastor Scott Show. We're on every day from 3 to 5, and it's always great to be with you. We'll be back soon in just a moment. Stay tuned. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.